Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Arthritis Action Podcast. I am Mark. I'm your host for today, and I'm also joined by my colleagues, Leah and Terry. So, hello, both. Hello. Hi. So, today we're going to be talking about young adults with arthritis. So, I mean, uh, well, any age range comes with its own set of challenges, and especially when it comes to arthritis. And I think that young people quite often still aren't really thought of as much. There's, there's still that kind of stigma which you hear about all the time where people think it's just like arthritis is something you get when you're old and only when you're old. But as we know, and as we've said so many times, and you're probably bored of us saying it, but you can get it at any age. And, you know, there's so many different types of it. They all have their sort of special intricacies and, you know, they can affect you at different times in your life. So even though a lot of the methods and sort of treatments and self-management strategies and all things we recommend remain the same, you know, people's lives at the age of 20 or 30 or 40 or, like, you know, depending on what your lifestyle is, you know, might be different from that of what you do when you're 70 years old. I mean, today we did want to focus on some of the unique challenges and the more the more common sort of things that people who are younger will face when it comes to arthritis. So we're going to split it up today, make it a little bit different. And we're going to have a few different categories. We're going to split it into like four little sections. Uh, so like some of the more common things that we sort of find that we have from like our experience in the groups and you know our work with the charity that we find do affect younger people category number one work and uni who wants to go for that first i can make it easier actually i'll ask you i'll ask you what do you think are some of like the biggest adjustments that need to be made you know for work or for uni life i think the biggest adjustment that i've come across with people kind of phoning in emailing coming along to our groups is um telling people telling staff telling friends that they or colleagues, employers that they have arthritis and going from there, because I think without that open communication, adjustments can't be made. You're kind of struggling along by yourself. I think the first step of telling people that you have a disability, that you need a bit of extra support can come in really handy. But obviously having the courage to say that, it, we understand it can be really difficult. So I think it's having that open open communication and that kind of gets the ball rolling really. I think another big one might be, um, you know, getting to getting to lectures or, you know, study groups or whatever it would be. And, um, you know, that I think one of the the I guess one of the good things, you know, possibly that came out of COVID was the fact that everyone had to go to, you know, live streaming, whether that's, you know, using using Zoom or Teams. And and I think that's opened up a lot of possibilities for people to be a bit more flexible to their approach to, you know, uh, you know, not only education at uni, but at work as well, you know, because you can join join lectures online. Um, so, you know, if you're having a day where you are, you, you know, you're experiencing, you're experiencing a bad day, you know, you can't get out. You know, you can't get up, you can't get out. But, you know, just by opening up your laptop or a tablet or a phone, you can you can join join in the lecture or a work meeting, um, you know, right from right from the comfort of your own home. So I think that's that's yeah, I mean the barrier the barrier is there, but I think it can be overcome by by technology. Mm, definitely. I remember when we um when you and I, Terry, we did uh, our podcast with Diana in the last series. And uh, yeah, that's something that she mentioned it had been a really big help to her is the fact that if she can't get to uni on one of those days, they'll just send her a link and then she can like watch it back, 
you know, when she's feeling a bit better because they were recording the sessions. So that's really good to hear that that's still going on as well. Definitely. And I think as well, universities have disability teams. They've got disability student union offices. Um, You might be able to get a note taker, for example, if you struggle with typing or taking notes in lectures. So I think it's kind of knowing all the support you can get, really. Is there maybe any support with technology to help you with the cost? Anything else, really? I think that's really it's key to ask. And that way you can work out your own your own plan and and be a bit more um, supported in doing it. And then, you, yeah, you can look at equipment as well. You can get ergonomic keyboards, ergonomic mouse, mouses. You can get, you know, the speech to type technology. So, you know, if you are, you know, you know if your hands, fingers, you know, are, are, are an issue, then you can look into those that those equipments those technologies and and i'm sure that you know there'll be help and guidance through the student union and the, the departments within the university but um the occupational health teams at work and that so so it's definitely worth investigating those those sorts of things the equipments the the, the technology that will just help make life a bit easier uh, definitely and i think we mentioned in our last series about work and the access to work fund as well mm. so there's definitely support out there it's just knowing how to access it really and knowing um, what you're entitled to. Yeah, the access to work scheme is definitely one that's really useful because I know that I get back when you mentioned about communication as well, this all sort of links together with that. It's like people at work especially can worry that if they tell their employer about it, then there's going to be issues. They can't do their job and so on like that. But something, you know, because maybe it's a small company that doesn't have any spare money and you or you think that they don't at least, then they can get some money sort of from the access to work scheme and that could help pay for some of the stuff so that you can keep doing your job because mm. yeah, as we've said before, it's it's much cheaper to keep someone and do things like this yeah. than it is to hire and train a new person. Yeah. So just always bear that in mind that you are much more valuable than you perhaps think you are because it costs a lot of money to hire a new person. Exactly. And and the, the number of times that I've spoke to people in manual, sort of more manual, manual orientated jobs, you know, you, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is retail, you know, working in supermarkets where you're having to, you know, put products on shelves. Um, you know, quite often that's that's quite a challenge when you're doing long shifts. It's saying, well, what can I do? I, I, you know, I've worked here, I've gone through the training. Is there anything I can do? that that you can do to um make you know my work a bit more a bit more easier are there reasonable adjustments to my job can i do some work in the office can i do some work on the checkouts where i can sit down and um being flexible as well and, and saying i've got this you know this health problem this health condition um you know, I love working here. I want to continue working here, but this is a challenge. Being honest, is, as we're talking about, being honest and saying this is this is a challenge. Um, but you know, is there anything that that we can we can do together to to you know for me to 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 work here? Um, I think one thing as well, again, to bring back to your previous point, Terry, is like after the pandemic. I mean, I don't want to keep singing the praises of the pandemic. Of course, I mean overall, <laughs> we can agree it wasn't a great great no. time, but um. It has led to a lot more places being open to flexible working because everything changed. Some places aren't, haven't. Obviously, I'm, I'm sorry if like one of your places is one that went back to being very rigid with, through choice or necessity. But like there are a lot more, a lot more options out there to, for things like you know flexible working hours. So things had to change previously, so now I guess people have been forced to adapt and change a bit more than they would have done. Yeah, and yeah, so have lots and lots of other places that I know of. But I think the you know just just 
you know keeping along those lines mark i think that they're, they're i think the trend the trend is now that unfortunately places are calling people back more mm. um you know some big organizations are definitely do, doing that um and you know just you know friends of mine of if their their companies have asked them to go back uh one day more in the hope that you know, more people, they'll see more people in the office because it was, you know, quite flexible. Mm. So, you know, they'd say two two days in the office, but, pe- you know, most people go in sort of one day, whereas they're saying, right, three days in the hope that, you know, they'll go in t- two days. So there's that sort of flexibility. But as you can see, there's that trend, upward trend of, you know, wanting people in the office more. And I think if that's a fear for people, be honest, be honest with your managers, mm. be honest with your HR team. Um, and, and you know, if you, if you are in a place where there is occupational health, um, then talk to them uh, because, you know, it, it's important, you know, to be honest and say, well, you know, I recognise, you know, you want us in, you want, I need to come into the office a bit more. What can happen? What, what can, what can, what can you do to help that? Um, so, so yeah, it's, 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 you know, we've, we've said it several times now, but it's, it's honesty is the best policy Absolutely. and being open and transparent and, uh, yeah. Cool. Let's move on to something a little bit lighter now, maybe, although I suppose it's all going to have its challenges, but yeah, next, next topic. So let's start talking about how it can sort of change your social life. So we have to have done some episodes on this as well, but is there anything sort of you guys wanted to add on that? People want to be busy, don't they? And I think it's also, again, comes down to communication and how much you accept your arthritis and how much, you know, it impacts you and and what you want to do. I think when you're younger in, in particular, I think you maybe might want to be going out. You might want to be having lots of fun. But then on the day when it comes to it, you might feel absolutely exhausted. Are you able to communicate that with your friends or your family or or not? Or do you push through and then maybe feel tired and exhausted? So I think a lot of it, again, comes down to acceptance and, and communication. I was talking to someone the other day about this and they were they're sort of fairly newly diagnosed and they haven't um, actually really told any of their family or friends about it yet. And that's quite common as well is to not necessarily tell everyone about it. There are people that do know, I think like some of their, I think some of their colleagues or something know, but like they're trying to limit their exposure to it, which is like, you know, it's, it's quite common and not everyone wants to. So they're having to adjust how they live their social lives so that at least for now they are planning on getting over with at some point but until they've got a full handle on it they kind of want to keep it to themselves which Mm. is like you know we're of course advocates of like you know as we've said already communication and letting people know and explaining all this because for the long run that will likely be better but some people will you know it will affect your life especially if you don't feel capable of telling everyone straight away isn't it like isn't it funny like not funny but like the stigma that that sort of attaches attaches itself to you when you know you've got something like you know arthritis and and really you you know you feel that you have to hide it and actually mm. you know as you say it's it's being open and honest is is the best policy and I think I'm glad you started up this conversation on social life because I was going to keep it along sort of bit bit more along the sad sad route from what we were talking about <laughs> more of a serious route because we in a recent group Leo you know we we had an, 
you know, it was one of our younger younger adults was being quite open, and 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 they said that they'd actually isolated themselves and lost some friends, and and it was quite a poignant moment, really, because I think they'd they'd come to that it was it was quite unsurreal at the same time because they, they seemed to come to that sort of conclusion at that moment, and it sort of hit them, and. Um, I think it's it's important to you know be open and not allow that sort of stigma to to take hold and say well this is what you know this is what's happening you know there are other more I guess life threatening or terminal illnesses out there that you would be more open about but with arthritis it's not because it's like it could be because it's unseen it's um you know it could I, I don't know I, I it's 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 difficult because I think it's you have to be open and just say, look, I, I, I love you. I want to be your friend. You know, I love having friends. You know, but this is what's going on, and um, you know, this is what this is what might happen some days. You know, where we might plan to go out, but actually, I might wake up feeling like actually I can't go out. Um, but yeah, it was quite quite a surreal thing, wasn't it, Leah? That you know, at that moment, it suddenly hit them that actually, mm-hmm. because they'd isolated themselves, they found that they'd sort of lost some friends. And that was, yeah. it was quite sad in a way. Yeah, I completely agree. But And then also somebody else in the group said that when you're diagnosed with a long-term condition like arthritis, you really find out who your real friends are. And I thought that was actually a really good point because it's much better to maybe have a smaller group of people that want to help you, that understand what you're going through and put a lot less pressure on you to, to conform or, because we always when we talk about self-management, we kind of say, look what you can do now, really, rather than comparing yourself to what you used to be able to do. And I think if you have friends that think that you have to be able to do everything you did before in order to be their friend, that's really difficult and that's really stressful. So I think, yeah, it was a really good conversation because they were they were kind of helping to, to balance, balance each other out. Mm. I think another thing that sort of does come up along with like when sort of like as you, know, you get all the sort of various changes in your body and how it reacts and how it feels to things is a lot of people don't necessarily want to complain about it to their friends because you're worried that because no one wants to hear you just moan about your knees or back or whatever mm-hmm. the whole time you're there. And I have, this is something I've heard a lot of people say, and I'm not, I'm not a big fan of it myself. Is when they say, like, oh, there's pe- people with it much worse than them. So they don't really mention it. They're like, no, you, what you feel is still completely valid and you should be able to talk to your friends about it. It may be a, a, a kind of like a balancing act of figuring out how much you can do so to make sure that you're still, you know, having a positive relationship with your friends as well. If you literally complain, it's the only thing you ever do, you know, people probably won't want to talk to you. So you've got to like, you know, make sure that you're not just only talking about that. But it is important that you do still do that because, you know, day friends, they want to support you. you know, they love you. And if if they don't, then they don't. Maybe you need new friends. Maybe you need to find someone else to talk to. Maybe you do need, if you really do need a higher level of support, maybe you find someone, you know, outside of your friendship group that you talk to. And there's loads of various services available from the government, from the councils. On our website, we have um, a mental health directory. So that way you can like look up there, find someone in your area that you could talk to in that sense as well. So like, yeah, there's always lots of lots of options for you to do. But the important thing is, like, as you saying, don't isolate yourself and don't just cut yourself off because you think, you know, that people don't want to hang out with you or you're an inconvenience. Because to be honest, I think if you spoke to your friends about that, they'd probably tell you you're an idiot and that that's not true. And they do want to hang out with you because, you know, that's what your friends do. Mm. 
Mm. And it's also looking at, you know, the the activities that you do, you know, thinking that actually I really want to hang out with you, but actually I can't go clubbing that night because, you know, I know that, you know, I'm 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 not able to, or I'm, if I if I do if I hit the dance floor and throw some shapes, that I'm going to be be, uh, <laughs> be be in bed for the next two or three days. Um, and actually, alcohol has has a has a has a bad impact on my joints as well because you know if I drink wine, I know it might you know it's going to flare up, and um, you know so it's it's but actually, I just want to hang out with you, so let's go for coffee you know let's let's just meet up and chat or go for a short walk or something and i think it's been being a bit more a bit more proactive or or planning your activities a bit better um so yeah perhaps perhaps you know no 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 energetic dancing on the dance floor unless uh you know you are feeling on top of the world and are prepared to you know face the next next few days of being in a bit of a uh, bit of pain but actually looking at is there more gentler way of hanging out with your friends yeah that's a good point actually because in one of the younger adult groups that we had somebody was saying that they have a few venues I think they're talking about pubs that they've scoped out so they know that there's disabled toilets they know it's easy for them to get to the to the venue there's kind of space for the taxi to stop for them outside and things like that so I think it's kind of also having it it's an extra level of work and preparation, but knowing those places where you can feel comfortable that you can suggest rather than feeling like maybe other people are planning something without taking your your needs into consideration, that's something else that can be that can be really helpful. So when you're there, you're feeling comfortable because it's a place that, that you can access. Mm. There's a good website as well, which I think I mentioned before, and it is, um, I think there's also an app version of it as well. So it's um, called accessable or accessible i'm not sure exactly how they pronounce that but yes it's accessable.co.uk and that's one where you can like look up various different venues supermarkets places all that type of stuff so if you want to do a bit of advanced planning then like they some of them they don't all have the same level of detail but like you know most of them do have like you are there you know is there are there steps leading into the venue do they have any they'll have pictures of the outside and of the parking and stuff like that so just just loads of information that you know might help you plan a trip a bit better should you need to plan in advance because i do speak i do know a few people who like have they worry about going to a new venue because like whatever that might be whether it be a restaurant cafe or a pub or whatever because they have no idea is there going to be massive steps to get in the front door because if so they might get in, but they're not getting out. Or like, you know, all these different worries. So it might be useful to you. Have a look. There's a few different websites like that as well, but that's one we can, one we can, we've been recommended by a few of our members as well. And, if, and another thing to consider, I think, is work and social life, you know, because I think it, it's important to have the two, you know, yeah. to, to not only work, you know, be with your colleagues in the workplace, but actually socialise with them outside of those work hours. And unfortunately, trying to do both can be quite difficult if you've got a you know long-term health condition and um you know such as arthritis when you know you, you might be fatigued. So it's it's thinking about how you can do do that. So it might be that you know maybe you need to book the next day off or or maybe take the next half day as a holiday as a, to, to recover or actually say, oh, is it actually okay if I just work from home the next day, if that's like a working in the office day? Um, because it's important to do both, right? To, to, mm. to be social with your colleagues, um, 
but actually taking that into consideration saying actually i'll you know so we've heard before again leo in, in one of our you know groups for for younger adults is someone's had to book either that day off work to go out that evening or the next 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 day or two days um but where you know where you can work flexibly maybe saying oh actually you know i'd love to go out and, and socialize is there any way that we can we can work around this that that can happen yeah, completely agree. And also some people have said that they've done similar um, when they've returned from holiday where they've been away, they've then had to use their travel time and they're feeling exhausted from that. And also being confused as to whether they should have to use their annual leave or sick days or or flexibility, because sometimes being a bit embarrassed to say that they've had this really great holiday, but the travel has also exhausted them. So yeah it's a really it can be a really difficult situation but again I feel if your employer knows the impact your arthritis has I think it's easier for them to be open to to more flexible options so then you're not having to eat into your into your annual leave days um to rest and and recuperate that has led us very nicely the pair of you very stylishly done into topic three which was sort of like traveling and holidays so very nicely very nicely segued there but yeah no, it, it is something that like you know loads of people struggle with as you've said Leah, having to use annual leave as sick or like you know as your sick days when really should it just be like you know maybe deal with flexi time or something like that it's a tricky one that one to negotiate as well as you have to have a good relationship with your work to an extent in our previous episode on work and arthritis as well, we go into a lot more detail on things like, you know, using your sick days for annual leave and also talking to your employers about it as well. So if you did want to listen to a, a, lo- a longer version of that as well, because it's a little bit of a whistle-stop tour through, through young adults and arthritis <laughs> today. But um, so let's, let's do a little bit on like, so actually like we mentioned sort of holidays and everything. Like what about what about holidays? Like, you know, that, that, that can be a just traveling or going away, you know, whether that be with your friends, by yourself or just getting away yeah one thing it came up again in our young adult groups these are a really great place i think to share tips and experiences um Mm. so i can't remember the name of the company but i think from what the person was saying there were kind of multiple depending on which airline you choose and there's kind of they're like porter or courier companies that will um depending on the airline you're flying with will pick your luggage up from your house and go and check it in for you so all you have to worry about is getting to to the airport. You don't have to carry anything. You get all of your your documentation and things like that, and they sort it all out for you. There is a cost to that, and so she was saying that she felt fortunate that that was something she was able to do. But I think it's looking for anything really that can make your life easier. Um, is that maybe having um, like what's the word? not transport when you get to the airport, but somebody that can maybe take you through the terminal to get to the mm. departure gate. Airport assistance. That's it, yeah. yeah. And you can, maybe if there's things on train lines, I know on Transport for London, they offer assistance, you can turn up and travel. But again, it's just looking into things that make your life easier rather than feeling you've got to struggle along with lots of luggage and you've started your holiday, but you may have kind of started it being a bit stressed out and in a lot of pain because because of the overall process. So that could be helpful. 
I had a really fun thing the other day, actually, though. I don't know. This is something that's starting to happen in more places. So I was told just someone heard on the radio. I think it's Japan who started doing it. At airports, you can rent clothes and everything when you get there. So when you arrive at the airport, they have a bag and you have that bag for your holiday. And at the end of the holiday, you give it back. So that way you don't even have to bring clothes. You just tell them the, si- the size you are. And then um, also... You know, like what? Well, well, I guess they'll figure out what season it is. Like here, here's based on the weather now. Here's a kit for your for your one week holiday. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a, that's amazing. I'm going, I'm, yeah, that's I'm great. Going, I'm, I'm going skiing in the in the Alps. Oh, yeah. here's some shorts and t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's a really good idea. That saves a, a yeah, lot of work. I, I hope that I hope that sort of catches on a bit more yeah. or is more common than I. So maybe look into that if you're going to like to another country as well, in case they've adopted this scheme. But I thought that was just such a great idea especially if traveling with bags and stuff is going to be an issue for you. If you can just arrive and you have a bag there, then that's going to be wonderful. Yeah. And being able to give it back afterwards and not have to do then do the washing and and drying afterwards. That's, that sounds amazing. Well, hope it does, does come to the UK. And I think Leah, I think, yeah, that what you were saying earlier about, you know, having your bags taken for you and all checked in and no that's it that's i know there are i think it was air porter which was which was the company but they work with limited airlines whereas i'm sure there's probably services out there that 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 would offer that to to anyone and i think it's 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 worth having a look and actually saying right this is my holiday and actually being a bit more practical about it okay so where is going to be good for me Mm. Okay, so, you know, let's look at going on a relaxing holiday where it's going to be warm because that tends to be, you know, just from people I speak to, the warmth is good. Um, okay, so let's that let's pick a country. Okay, so where are you, how are we going to get there? Okay, airport. What do I need at the airport? Or how am I going to get to the airport? And then what do I need at the airport to, to help me through? So airport assistance. Um, so it's actually thinking, taking a holiday, not just on the morning of departure, you're like, Oh, how am I going to do this? What's going to go? Because that's that's an extra level of stress you don't mm. need. So actually, removing that stress before you get to get to that point, and actually knowing that right, okay, I'll tick this off. Airport assistance done. Um, you know, whatever whatever it is, seat with extra legroom done. And obviously, some of these things there's an extra cost, uh, like you know, extra legroom or whatever. But you know, is that going to is that is the is the pros of that going to outweigh the cons you know and i think that's being a bit more proactive a bit more practical about about your holidays uh will not only you know help you physically but will remove that mental mental load as well that mental stress um and actually think well you know this is going to be you know really looking forward to this <laughs> and speaking of mental stress that leads us on to our next topic which is um, parenting. So, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, parenting, like either for kids or pets. I know, basically, like you know, I myself have have um, animals rather than children, which you know, each, each to their own. They all come with their own challenges, especially. And yeah, so let's 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 kick off with that one. Who's it, who's who wants to weigh in on <laughs> parenting okay. with arthritis? I, I will. I will. I feel qualified to do this out of the three of us because um, Mark, you said you don't have children. Leah, I, you know, you might be hiding them somewhere, but I, I don't think you have any yeah, children. No, um, I've got pets instead. So yeah, you've got pets. So I've got. I've got. I've got three children and and a cat. So um, I think I can tick both both boxes on on that front. You, um, you take this one then. What do we need to know? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I, I won't be too honest. <laughs> but I think, well, you know, my, you know, my wife, she, she, yeah, is is living with uh, what seems to be chronic fatigue. So actually, you know, there are times where, you know, she is in, you know, having to rest. She's having to lie down and recover and manage that. So, you know, she has to be, you know, from her point of view, she has to be honest with 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 me. And I have to manage the children. So it's like actually mum isn't feeling too great today. Or she would tell, you know, she would speak to them as well and and they would help, you know, be able to help out and understand. Um so it's actually, you know, being again, being honest, being open, um, being frank, because you know, you need to you need you need you need your family to be aware of what's what's going on and the implications of uh, of why you know why something isn't happening or why we need to do something a bit different um you know speaking to another a member of of, of arthritis action you know they were talking about you know i guess the downside of of parenting of of running a you know running a a, a family home um so uh, this person was saying that actually she felt um her family were being quite negative towards her by saying, by actually saying that she's lazy because there wasn't enough stuff, you know, the housework wasn't being done or the, you know, the dinner was, and actually it's really, really difficult because it's when you're trying to pace, you can't do all of that at the same time. And, and I think having that honest conversation is important. And I think, you know, throughout this, that we could almost call this the, the honesty podcast yeah. because it's actually we've we've we have t- we have mentioned that word honesty quite a number of times and 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 having that open communication um yeah again social life holidays planning when you're going to do things how you're going to do things you know looking at mark you've got i know you've got dogs so you, you know dog walks you know you know when you're caring for pets it's all you know planning when you're going to do these do these things because you know as we know you know, people with arthritis, you know, there's ups and downs. You feel good one day. So, you, you know, that's that's a good time to say, actually, or it might be a good time of day where you think, oh, right, let's take the dog out for a walk or let's go to the park. One thing I have heard from other people as well is uh, one thing they're trying to make to do is um, to almost make it into a game for their kids if they need help with stuff. Mm. Then to get them to like, it becomes a fun challenge. Like, right, okay, mummy needs all this stuff like right, you do this, you do this, go, go. And they like, they sort of rush off and then like both come back. Who can see who can get mum stuff quicker, which is, it was adorable to see. I saw, saw some of that. I might try that. Yeah, yeah go for it. I, mean, I, I, I assume it'll work. She's going to give me a little treat at the end. I don't know. I'm talking like a dog owner again. <laughs> <laughs> give me yeah, a treat. I'm not going to give mine like, yeah, I'm not going to give mine, call mine over and give them a dog biscuit. <laughs> Be more like a, I don't know, a, a sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing we we will be um, we'll be covering sort of uh, pets and arthritis a bit in in the future. We'll be doing a lot more on that one. So, yeah, this, again, bit of a whistle stop tour for this one. Mm. We also um, did a webinar about pregnancy and parenting. So, yes. um, our guest has arthritis and has quite a young child. Um, so she gives some really great tips and experiences as well. So that's available on our on our website to to watch. And I think uh, more sort of practically speaking, Leo, about that is you know if you can if you're in a position where you can, and or you need you might you know you might need to, and and if you can, you know you look at 
things to make your life easier you know you can you get in you know practical support around the home you know uh, people to come in and clean or you know people to come in and look after your children um you know even if it is just for an hour or so a week um what's going to make life that bit easier physically and you know that mental load as well Excellent. I mean, this. I think there's a lot more we probably could talk about, especially on this subject as well. So if, if this is something you'd like us to do, like, you know, for an episode on or a bit more about, please do let us know. And, uh, you know, you can get in touch with us. Via, we've got an email address for the podcast, which is podcast at arthritisaction.org.uk. But if you were to visit our website, which is www.arthritisaction.org.uk, there are loads of other resources available for young adults. I don't know if you two want to tell us a little bit about those. There's a lot on there. I think that's the key. Um, and it's we'll, always, keep it short, yeah. we'll keep it short. Don't, don't, don't tell everything. <laughs> Give us the there's, gist. <laughs> so there's a good mix, really. We've got our young adult hub, which covers, and by young adult, we mean going up to um, people in their 40s as well. Um, so there's loads on there, lots of different topics like work, socialising, travel. Um, and we've got some really great videos on there as well and lots of different resources and also a, a young adult newsletter called arthritis and me and let's not forget this podcast mark absolutely you, know, you can listen to all all of the episodes not only do we have episode, uh, series one but we've got this series as well so yeah hopefully it's a fan favorite it's number one on everyone's um everyone's podcast list yeah <laughs> yeah so you get yeah we, we are available on spotify apple google or wherever you're listening to it now it's also on our website as well and yeah, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Really appreciate it. And yeah, do do subscribe, like, leave us nice reviews. Go tell all your friends about it. Tell tell your health providers as well, your doctors, yeah. your GPs, everyone that you see, your, the, the rheumatology teams. Just tell everyone you know about the podcast. We want everyone listening. Definitely. Brilliant. Okay. Well, we were we were before we pat ourselves on the back too much there. I think we <laughs> I think we'll we'll end it there. So thank you very much, everybody. Really appreciate your time. And thank you, Leah and Terry, as well. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Leah. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.